Hello and welcome to Extra Innings at the Ballpark, a podcast from the U.S. Center at the London School of Economics. I'm Denise Barron, and in our last episode, you heard a little bit from a comedy night that my co-host Chris Gilson and I had the pleasure of stopping by. This wasn't just any old comedy night. It was Eric McElroy's imperfect guide to the U.S. presidential debates. Basically, it's a combination of a debate watch and stand-up comedy. Um, hi, I'm Eric. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, this is going to be a fun and interesting uh, night. We all know what tonight is, yes? Sunday? Well done. There we go. Somebody pedantic in the audience. I like that. Well done. And that's Eric McElroy, a combination of the MC, a comedian, and a very insightful political commentator. That sound like fun? Yeah. Fun being a loose term for uh, people that are hopefully political as geekish as I am. So uh, I'm guessing. So let's find out a little bit. Um, as I said, we're not going to pick on you. It's not that kind of night. You guys gracefully came and sat in the front row. So I, I promise. I'm like, oh, that'd be fine. Um, give me a cheer um, if you're from the UK. Yay. Yeah. Okay, that's very good. And give me a cheer if you're American. Yay. <laughs> See, you hesitated the right amount for living in this country. <laughs> You've clearly been here long enough not to go, USA! Just a few months, but you've already sussed out. They're not keen. Is that <laughs> Which bit of America are you from? From Seattle. You're from Seattle? I'm from Seattle as well. There we go. Very good. And are you from Seattle too? I'm from Texas. You're from Texas. Look at you guys. A little mixed race couple. Wow. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> that could be a line that goes wrong sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Texas, and are, are you, I mean, can I ask where you fall on the political spectrum? Because this is the Republican debate we're watching tonight, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, from Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> are you cheering that because it's, it's more fun? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Democratic debates are boring because they're talking about policy and legislation and the future. Boring. Nobody calls each other fat. Uh, that's why the Republicans are fun. So are Seattle, that's probably left wing, I'm guessing. No, I don't really affiliate with the party. Okay, there we go. That kind of independent Northwest spirit. More in the liberal spectrum. All right, cool. And how about yourself, Texas? Yeah, I'm a Bernie supporter. You're a Bernie supporter! Oh, that's it. At some point, when Hillary decides to, she's going to swap his meds and he's going to die. No, I like, if you don't know who Bernie Sanders is, I like the time delay on that one. Bernie Sanders is kind of like uh, Jer- the, uh, if Jeremy Corbyn had a New York accent. was going around that was going to lose an election. I think he's, I mean, he's fascinating, but we'll, we'll talk about Bernie later on. After the comedians had a chance to do some stand-up and loosen up the crowd, they discussed the state of the U.S. presidential race. And it was an incredibly interesting conversation that was one part comedy and really two parts insight. I, I am very excited about this race. Um, I am, I'm probably, I am kind of leaning towards Hillary. Not, I mean, I like a lot of Bernie's policies, but I'm leaning towards Hillary just because I want to see Bill Clinton as first lady. <laughs> for those of you not from America, you may not realize this, but one of the main jobs of the first lady in American politics is to entertain foreign dignitaries' wives. <laughs> Bill Clinton is going to be all over that. <laughs> Three comedians joined Eric for the discussion, including Ola, who is actually an LSE alum, Robin Perkins, who you'll hear is in fact a New Hampshire native, but they don't let her vote there anymore, and lastly, the very funny Josie Long, who is a Corbyn supporter turned Trump fan. Just kidding. 
This was recorded at the end of January, right before the Iowa caucuses. So it's sort of like traveling back in time to when we didn't exactly know how things were going to shake out in the first few primaries. Of course, we're much wiser now. And without further ado, here's the panel discussion from Eric McElroy's Imperfect Guide to the U.S. Presidential Debates. Rival event that's going to happen at the same time. 
So basically, the last 48 hours before this debate in America was all, will he or won't he turn up for the debate? And he did end up running the uh, other event and uh, that was going on simultaneously. So there's no way for us to watch the debate and watch Trump at the same time. Go online and watch the Trump speech in May. It's surreal, reminding him to speak. It's all odd, but I thought it's more important to watch the actual debate to see who actually might run for president on the Republican side, because hopefully it's not going to be Trump. Um, so that gives you some background about why uh, Trump isn't in this debate. So to kick things off, um, I thought we'd start, I'm going to throw a question to Ola first and put you on the spot. Um, would you agree with Donald Trump that, that most women aren't that big dog slobs and Like he'd still be like, he would murder you unironically. 
somebody on Fifth Avenue and not lose any support. Like, he said that out loud. Like, he said, he said I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but so Robin's from, because basically, the, Iowa is the conference tomorrow. And, um, and, and then, so the, the, historically, if you don't know, of course, Iowa and New Hampshire have been first in the nation for a long time. And just to get an idea, basically, these two states that are, uh, it, it's kind of like if we were on the race to elect the new prime minister in this country, and the first two states were first two areas of the UK were Cornwall and the Shetlands. Um, so not the most diverse, not the most populated, and sort of farmer folk. Uh, but, I, but you're from New Hampshire, so you're part, I mean, normally they're supposed to be the state, New Hampshire's supposed to be the state that smells that bullshit and rejects it. But Trump's leading there. Yeah, I, I, no, he's not, I mean, well, for Republicans he's leading, and he's leading by a lot. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah, on the Republican side of things. I, I know, it, it, and it blows my mind. Although my parents are now not, I'm just outing my parents. Uh, I think they're actually not voting for Trump, which is or Republican. I think they're switching their views because of it, which is amazing. So they're but, traditionally your parents are traditionally Republican. Yeah, and which is crazy because my sister's massive socialist, like, and it, it makes holidays very. Tense. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, uh, so. Is that what made you want to date in Nigeria? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, I was telling them um, backstage. Basically, every year there's a massive family fight because, yeah, because a lot of um, southern New Hampshire, at least, because northern New Hampshire is all like farm folky, and then southern New Hampshire has just like a lot of money, and so they're educated, but they're um, Republican <laughs> for monetary reasons. 100%, and it's almost like they just believe stereotypes, and they don't want to hear it. They're just like, well, I like my money, so I'm just going to do it no matter what, and they'll just blanket vote Republican, uh, and then they'll use excuses. So uh, like we have good family friends that are 100% voting for that reason, and I come home and like make some off comments about the NHS, and they're like, that's why Obamacare is awful, and you're like, just, but... It, no, you can't, what? And they'll just take one statement because I didn't like a doctor and they were like, no, the whole thing is gonna blow up. But, uh, well, what I say, when I go home uh, over Christmas, so there's always like this massive family fight and my brother-in-law sat me down very seriously and was like, Robin, every year there's a family fight on Christmas day, it ruins Christmas. This year, you're dating a black Nigerian man, take the family fight, all right? <laughs> just take it, all right? And I tried, I tried really hard and it didn't work and yeah, and then it happened. And but no, that's not why I use Israeli you. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, that might be. We've taken it. I know. Uh, I just so like to think about it. So if you were voting in New Hampshire this cycle, you'd just be going for the Q1? Is that what you're saying? Or if there's something like that? No, the economist's like, well, Carson's not that bad. Um, <laughs> but you have a type. No, but I do you think go for New Hampshire will go for Trump? Because he's leading in the polls there now. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think he will. I think for, for as the Republican, yes. Because they've generally been the more sensible. McCain, I think, won yeah. New Hampshire that saved his uh, campaign. Yeah. Bush, I think, won. I know we've got some politicos who might remember yeah. these things better than the I The thing do. is, is but that because they're voting Republican for monetary reasons, I think they're leaning more towards the, we just need new management. It's just as a business. And so because they're all business-oriented, they are looking for a business leader and think that that's the answer for the country. 
which is why he's doing so well there, I think. They won't let me vote there anymore. They're very protective about it. Um, I tried to go back and vote, and they were like, so you've been in England for how long? And if you're out of the country for more than six months, then they don't let you vote there. Wow. Yeah. It's such a sweet state. It is, and it's because there's a lot of universities there, so uh, they don't want students voting. So, oh. so, so yeah, so, yes. But that's generally what, so that business sense, that's what drives a lot of the media, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think. But that's, I mean, that's a good way to run, like, a, a country company. I mean, like, no. running a business. I mean, no. 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 Oh, my God. For the record, that's not how I look, okay? That is not, in fact, I illegally well, I mean, registered no, it's, in New Hampshire to vote in Obama. Because New Hampshire's known for its efficiency. It's a well-run state. Everything okay. else. Do you realize? Things are not efficient. I'm, sorry. I'll let you use Okay, I was gonna say, have you watched like Capitalism and Love Story, Michael Moore on documentary? No. Oh, Michael Moore, no way. Okay, well, the one thing he points out, <laughs> the one thing he points out is, with all these bastions for democracy here in the West, we're like, oh, pro-democracy, the world needs democracy, democracy is the way forward. But when we go to business, we throw away everything we believe about democracy and go straight into a dictatorship. We go into where a CEO tells other people what to do, we tell other people what to do, we tell the underlings what to do, and all the money goes to the top, and blah, blah. we completely forget everything we believe about valuing each other and other people getting a say and so on and so forth. And that's why running the country as a business is terrible because it's going to create the same sort of, you're just going to have CEO Trump and he's going to tell his middle management what to do, he's going to then tell us what to do, and we on minimum wage asking ourselves what happened to democracy, and uh, Iran's gone now. Does <laughs> this run more fairly in a row? Uh, probably. <laughs> They're a nice open society. Um, but you have to aspire. You have to try and hope that there might be some ways, some way to walk towards better handling things, which is why I like Tony Sanders so much. But, like, you know, obviously, certain elements that the government needs to have a foothold in can't be run in the business way. Like, Hence, you know, the why our railways are more expensive than anyone because privatizing a railway is a bad idea. That's why on the continent, you know, the Germans and the French don't have privatized, I hope, I think, services in the way that we do. Yeah. Because ours, ours are run by the, you know, yeah. run by the Germans and the French national ones. And like, there's so many elements that government need, like education. You can't run education like a business because people suffer and it doesn't work. There are, the whole notions of competition and efficiency don't work with healthcare because <coughs> people's illnesses aren't competitive or efficient. Right? <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's really to me what government is. Government is about, you know, education, healthcare, housing, and all these things that really are nothing to do with business. Business should be about luxury goods. Ideally, I guess the ideals of the Republican Party, I mean, they're not exempt, they're not exemplified by these current crop of candidates, really, is, 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 is embracing some level of I guess is there. I mean, is there any element of, of what you've ever heard from a Republican that, oh, yeah. that, that you can see some logic in? Of course, definitely. And I feel like if you write off everything a Republican says before they say it because it's too conservative, you're you're, you're missing the trick, and it, it, it's a surefire way to become exactly what you hate. And um, if you do look at it, there are situations in which government waste does ruin things and uh, does ruin our ability to move forward and progress and so on. But what we have to realize is the way that it's often, they often present it is as though it's binary. It's very like unfettered capitalism and anything that goes against that is socialist and socialist is communist and communist yeah. is bad. And that's, you know, that's the level of thought that's put into it as opposed yeah. to 
looking at it and going, do you know what? We can benefit from efficiencies here, but we have to have a humane aspect to this. We cannot treat people as products <coughs> of the mind. We do have to treat them like human beings, but if we're going to run a service, like we're going to run the trains, for example, just because it's a government-run uh, service does not mean inefficiency is okay. Like people still need to, to be on time, people still need investment, people still need uh, you know, safety standards, <coughs> all these things. So yeah, you have to take both. But also it's a values thing, isn't it? Like you can hear lots of values that are Republican values like self-sufficiency, that's great, hard work, that's great. And then what it translates into then that's is so different from what the values are. I always find that really interesting talking to conservatives or like, you know, you can totally agree on something very basic and then the split of where they then take that as to how things should be run. You're yeah. like, how? How could you possibly do That's always the problem with it, like the Ted Bundy situation. Ted, Ted Bundy, the singer. No, so not Ted Bundy. Um, <laughs> 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 Wait, Bundy. I've seen two biopics. I'm Ted Bundy, the Al Bundy. The, the <laughs> rancher guy. The one, children. The, one, <laughs> the one that was um, that was grazing his cattle on federal land. Yeah. 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 If, if, if you're so against, uh, you know, if you're so for self-sufficiency and not relying on the government and you're against uh, all these social care programs that are supposed to help people and you feel like they should get off the government teeth, how can you use federal land for free and, you know, feel mm. like that's okay? Yeah. And, you know, um, if you're so for... Because it's not federal land, it's God's land. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But this is what I'm saying, so it's like, it's the, even they, they contradict their own principles sometimes, yes. and so that's, that's where the problem is. The principle's not wrong, it's the execution of it. And if you look at it, quite a lot of the time, you end up seeing Democrats espousing quite conservative um, concepts and vice versa. You know, Mitt Romney had Romney care um, before Obama had Obamacare, and you know it was the same concept really. So these the principles I think in general are good. Mm. It's just you know it's how people interpret them that tends to mess it up. Mm. So with this debate, because Trump's out of it basically, the other front runner is Ted Cruz. Who, if you, I mean, have you had a chance to? Have you guys seen <coughs> Ted Cruz in action before? He's, he's, he's like Trump without the bluster. I mean, he's a, he's a level of extreme uh, conservatism, which is in a way more frightening than Trump. Trump isn't conservative. Trump is about Trump. But I mean, if you, I mean, you think that's the, I mean, that's one of the things to watch this because they kind of focus in on this debate on Cruz. I don't know if you've seen. I mean, do you have a favorite of all of these Republicans? Like, is, is any Robin? Have you seen enough of them? Sense of a favorite? Oh God! I, I, I know there's no Joe. I know Nigerian, there's no. So. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I like I kind of just want to take bits of of all of them, you know. Like on one hand, some of uh, at least how Christie claims to be environment aside, it's awful for the environment. But on his other personal, like human rights, is it bad? And then you have aspects of Rubio that aren't bad. But I do not Cruz though. In a way, like if you and I don't mean to keep going back to Trump. I mean, but three years ago he was a Democrat, and I think that it. Down yeah. and actually have yeah. more reasonable views. So, which, but 
I'd say so from the side. Yeah. yeah. So you have a little bit of crispy. So how about you? Romeo. Did you have a fit? You have a, I mean, I've, some, not, I know you haven't seen this debate yet. You've been waiting. Yeah. So I don't want to give anything away. Um, one of the things I think is fun to watch this debate is when Rubio does talk, he's like a wind-up doll, and he just builds it his own and builds it and shouts. It's amazing yeah. to watch. See if you notice that. But uh, do you have a favorite? Um, I don't know if he's still in this or he's fallen like, to the undercards, but I really <laughs> had a weird affinity for Rand Paul. I feel no, he like made it back in. He was in the undercard debate, and he's battled his way back, back in. in. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I, I like yeah. him. I like his libertarian approach. I feel like he's gone. Uh, to the dark side in many ways, you know, he was, he was very sort of anti-war machine, anti-military industrial complex, and then as soon as he announced, he's like in front of an, a Navy ship, like, oh, we need to build our army strong again. I'm like, okay, I, I can't really get with that part, but, you know, his views on civil liberties and, you know, being anti-snooping and so on, I, I, I respect that. Mm. I respect that. I'm convinced that Trump is a Democrat mole now. I know. He's a big cover. He did. There's a lot of people that think that, and he did have a long conversation with Bill Clinton before this all kicked off, before he declared. They had a little chat, but I'm guessing it was probably mostly about Rosie O'Donnell. Because <laughs> <laughs> both of them have issues Would with women. Her? So, Rosie. Wait, can I ask a question? If, I, I should probably know this, but yeah. if Trump then just like gets the Republican vote and then all of a sudden outs himself and is like, I'm actually a Democrat. At what point can the Republican Party revoke their nomination and put somebody else forward? Or are they screwed and all of a sudden we got a Democrat versus a Democrat? He's not nominated until the convention in July. So right. I think what will happen uh, before that. But can they? Like, but if he, if he outs himself in August, then what happens? I'm excited. If he, he outs wow. himself, I'm a Democrat. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, sorry. Uh, but uh, it, I mean, I suppose they could. I mean, I think. I mean, I think this. I mean, the Dem I think the Republican Party should accept the fact that they they push themselves into this position by making themselves so anti-Obama and so, so they, the, the hyperbole of Fox News and Glenn Beck and all of it, and they brought themselves Trump. And what they need to do is basically say, you're not actually a Republican. You're just for yourself. We're going to kick you out of the Republican Party. We know you'll run as an independent. And we know that we'll lose. The way for a Republican to be actually conservative and maintain the values that they actually have, which there's an argument for some of their values, is they're going to have to go through this. It, it, he will destroy the Republican Party, and then it will rebuild itself again. I think that's kind of the inevitable path. Wow, we're on right like a, that's a three-day theory. It's a three-film epic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they brought Trump on themselves, and I, I, it's it's the ruin of the party because all of them now. I mean, it's not in this debate, but Chris Christie, who seemed kind of reasonable. Yeah, but, but also seems sort of shouty. But Trump makes him like a, a lightweight. I like how you say that he brought Trump on themselves, like it's a punishment. Like, it is. Like, you know, kids are going to grow up if you don't eat your greens. <laughs> you get some Trump on them. You can't be on every appearance on Fox News, which yeah, he almost broke Fox News with this as well, and say that Obama's the Antichrist essentially over and over again and not <coughs> manifest something like Trump. And I think that's kind of what they've gotten. But what, right, I got, saw a really oh, yeah. good video today, which was Ted Cruz trying to hug his daughter, and he's like, give me, and it's obviously like campaigning, mm. and she's getting off, off of the campaign van, he's like, give me a hug, and she's like, like go away, and she's like, like <laughs> flicking his head, <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, give me a hug, and she's literally going, ow, ow, <laughs> <laughs> that's his daughter. Can I just ask one thing about Ted Cruz, because it's more factual, and I've never checked it out myself, okay. I probably should have Googled it, but how is he, um, how is he able to run for president, I thought he had to be like, Born in America oh, and so on. He, uh, revoked his Canadian citizenship. He, he did revoke his Canadian citizenship, but the question is, uh, is he a natural born citizen? This is a question that's never been tested in the Constitution yet. 
because being born in Canada, the, the, generally every president's been born in America. Yeah. So are you, the question is, which has not been decided, if having just an American parent makes you natural born, or if you're American and then you become, a, you know, you, you have a right to become an American, but you're not natural born, what that means. And there's loads of controversy yeah. on that. So it is a risk for him being elected, and Trump's been hitting him hard on that. The Republicans, though, apparently the last, the last poll that came out, because Trump, is, uh, Ted Cruz has gone down in the polls, and I thought maybe it was the Canadian thing, but it's actually other things that people are kind of going off Cruz, because of course they were the same people, the further people that were against Obama, and didn't like Obama because they thought he was not born in America, which he was, and they thought he was a Muslim because his father was. Uh, and um, But they're not um, holding Cruz to that same level of, of criteria, even though he was known to be born outside the United States, and the cynical part of me could be saying maybe it's because Cruz is white. And that would probably be why they probably just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm sure America's better than that. But um, Obama's so dignified and cool because if that was, if I was Obama, I'd be like, why aren't you? Would you give me so much shit? You shit. I think Obama just said, "Okay, this is so much fun to watch." Just quickly, we've got time for maybe one or two questions. If anybody had one, or if you don't have to, but we can. If anybody's burning, you guys are all snuggled up. Help us out with percentages. So all the candidates. Yes. What? Who's ranked where? Uh, as of well, in Iowa, which is the first um, caucus tomorrow night, which is an amazingly weird, complex system. Um, Donald Trump is in first place on the Republican side, followed by Ted Cruz, followed by Marco Rubio. And apparently, the saying in Iowa, and I just learned this because I've been absorbing podcasts, is there's three tickets out of Iowa, and that means there's <coughs> the first three places in Iowa. You've got a, shit, a shot, and that launches you into New Hampshire, and then um, and then into South Carolina, which is the next primary. So those are the three likely winners. There's a few people that are kind of absurd, you know, coming forward, but um, Kasich is one of the more sensible Republicans. He's given up on Iowa because they're very conservative Christian side of things generally. Um, Jeff Bush has no chance in Iowa. Um, he's counting on New Hampshire. Chris Christie again. Those are the more northeastern Republicans, the more city Republicans. They're hoping for a chance. Side, Hillary is just ahead of Bernie Sanders in Iowa, which she's desperate to win because Obama beat her there last time. And I think if Hillary wins Iowa, she'll be the nominee. I think because if she, that's because because she, because New Hampshire's a write-off for her because uh, Bernie's a neighbor, and so he'll win New Hampshire, and then she'll be well in South Carolina because of the history, her relationship with South Carolina, and then that's it, she's the nominee. So if she wins tomorrow night, it's done. That's my guess. I'm sad, but I'm also like just beat Trump.
Sorry, translate these things. Doesn't everyone know all the American references? <laughs> USA number one. Uh, right. Any other? Anything else we want? Any to points? Any commentary? So I think the, um, oh, the thing is, you're talking about Cruz and a weird hug with his kids. Two things on Cruz. One, because um, some of the people giving money to the campaigns in America are called super PACs, they can't actively work together legally with the campaigns. So they kind of side work together, right? And one of the things they do is they make commercials on behalf of the campaign of the candidates they support. So what Cruz did is he filmed about six hours of himself hanging out with his family and just posted it on YouTube for anyone to use. But it's completely unedited, and it's got some of the most awkward moments where he's like, okay, I, I hug my mom now. Okay, all right, yeah. All right, mom, yeah. You mean a lot to me, mom. Is that good? Are we done? Okay, we're done. And it's awesome to watch. And the other thing is, if, at the very end of this day, I don't want to give it away, but there's a moment where they mill around on stage after they've all been standing there calling each other names and stuff. And no one likes Ted Cruz because he basically, he always tries to go against everything to make himself a Washington outsider. He steps down to tap Jeb Bush on the shoulder, and Jeb blanks his ass. And it is brilliant. It's in the, like the last second of the footage of the, of the video, so uh. it's an amazing moment. He's, no one likes him, including his children. And also with the footage, um, because he put footage out there, and the internet is the way it is, <laughs> some people have just taken the footage and made their own effort. Yeah. And there's one really good one, which like Ted Cruz thinks about things. And it's just like all the all the bits in the five hours of footage of him just kind of going. <laughs> like the entire time, it's really good video. It's amazing. So, uh, final notes. Who, who would your person be? Uh, I, I mean, of this group, I mean, I think if Jed Bush can manage to, which I couldn't do, manage to string a sentence together, he still he comes across. I think I've, I've previewed most. I've watched most of this debate as the most sensible boy in the room, like a grown up. He looks. I think of it. it because the key thing in America, we, we choose, I think, viscerally, who feels like the president to us. That's why Clinton did well. That's why even George W. Bush did well. You know, we, it's, it is very much a human connection, you know. And Jeb struggles with that, <laughs> being sounding human. That's what Hillary struggles with. But uh, I think he seems the most. Uh, Kasich actually seems kind of, he's getting a lot of money at the moment, but he's really awkward. Um, I think, uh, so I would, I would probably, of these, this lot, I would choose Jeb, which is terrible for other reasons. The Bush brand has been historically popular. It has been, but he's, he's, he makes George W. Bush seem kind of coherent. Bush is saying something. So um, for those of you who managed to get on the Wi-Fi in this room, if you want to, we're going to have the hashtag running, hashtag US Debate UK. So if you want to comment and chip in. So what I found, we've done this a couple of times. We won't be talking over the debate because if you're here, you want to watch it, and we want to hear what they say. I'll chip in during, if anybody else wants to chip in during the ad breaks. And then but we'll let it run through. So we're gonna take a eleven minute break. And I'm gonna start this promptly at eight thirty. So um, if you could before we go on that break, a round of applause to everybody that's come up and shout out to the So that's it for extra innings here at the ballpark. Thank you to our featured comedians, Ola, Robin Perkins, and Josie Long. And of course, a big thank you to Eric McElroy, who organized the evening and welcomed us. The Ballpark is produced by Denise Barron, that's me, with contributions from co-hosts Chris Gilson and Sophie Donzelman, and also with help from the LSE's High Five Bid Fund and the U.S. Embassy. Our theme tune is by Ranger and the Rhea Rangers, a Seattle-based gypsy jazz band. Look them up at rangersswings.com. We love them. Tune in next time when we're talking about American power and foreign policy. 
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent those of the U.S. Center or the London School of Economics. Well, as Yogi Berra would say, it ain't over till it's over, and now it's over. It's over.